Hello everyone. I'm imagining your faces before me as I preach into my phone camera today. It reminds me that we are all still in this together, even as we find ourselves in our homes and not in the church building. It reminds me that even in the wildness of it all, I am not alone. And I was thinking recently about how in these times where we don't get to see one another very often, we might pay attention more to the animals around us some more. We might pay attention to your, our dogs more as they trot around the house. Or maybe you've noticed that your cat seems to climb the counters and shelves at the same time each day. Now that you're here to witness it, you're noticing. Maybe you, like my roommate Lauren, is noticing, maybe you're noticing the birds that frequent your outdoor space. Lauren has been researching all the birds in our neighborhood and can even sing some of their songs back to them sometimes. And in noticing animals more these days where we are distanced from one another, I have also been thinking a lot on the brilliance of animals, about how animals seem to know what is happening too. You can't tell me that my dog growing up didn't know joy when I would be making food and then slip her a piece. You can't tell me that when I was sad, my, dad, my dog didn't also know that she could come and sit by me and provide me some comfort with her furry self. Animals, no. And I wonder, I wonder if you remember that mama whale a few years back that was in the news. Telequa was her name the mama orca whale who had a baby. Maybe you remember that her baby died and in deep grief, Telequa swam and held her baby's body on her nose for 17 days, diving down to get the little body when it would sink. That giant mammal, an orca, a creature so very foreign to us, also feels things as we do. She grieved. This animal knew grief and loneliness too. She held a vigil for her baby for 17 days. And after hearing about this, we kept learning that the J-pod of orcas that Taleko was a part of continued to swim these waters with no new babies that anyone could see. Their pod was dwindling out. And I wrote a poem about Taleko because I empathized with her in some way. Haven't we all too felt grief? Don't we all perhaps feel a bit of it now in the pandemic? Don't we all also respond to grief in different embodied ways, some healthy and some not? Maybe we too host vigils or we cry. We turn to unhealthy substances sometimes too. We might run or we might scream, we sleep. Sometimes we create. And because I felt a kinship with this mama whale, with Telequa, I thought I would write a poem about her. And as we enter into this time of the sermon, I want to read it for you. But first, would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. God, thank you for this congregation, for the ways that everyone here so deeply wants to follow you, so deeply loves you. Would you show us your way forward now as we have weathered many griefs as a community, as we still weather griefs? Would you hold us? Would you take us and remind us that you are with us the entire way? Help us to see you. And if anything that I say this morning is not of you, let us simply forget it. 
But may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So here is this poem. I want to read it to you. It is called Telequa. The mother whale, black and white, carries her dead baby on her nose. She has been doing this now for over 15 days. Does she do it in grief? Does she hold her precious calf aloft, black and white giant under smaller one, black and yellow decomposing as the days turn into a week? Does she, giant mammal, feel the depths like I do? And really, is she grieving or is she also protesting? Does she carry the baby orca with her because she has something to say? Does her vigil protest what we dump in her home and our overfishing of her food source? Does she hold out to us the body that came from her own body because she needs us to see that it's starved, that she too is starving? And don't we too take our grief, take what is awful, take what kills our own, and as we hold their bodies aloft, showing our ribs, starving for lack of justice, don't we too protest? The mother whale, black and white, carries her dead baby on her nose. She dives down, down to the depths to get it when the small creature sinks, and the pod of whales, her family, begins to leave her behind. How long will her vigil last? Will she swim and swim and swim until the corpse of her young rots there on her nose? Will our own protest, holding aloft what has happened, make us well in grief, make our communities and the good earth more whole? Will any of it make any ounce of difference? And to me, Telequa, that this poem, the whale this poem is about, the mother whale, and Joseph in the Genesis story today seem to be in a very similar place. Admittedly, there are some differences. Telequa is a whale and Joseph is a human. Telequa lost a child and Joseph is left for dead and sold into slavery. And Telequa was a committed mother even in death, while Joseph's story has some bad parenting to be sure. What parent gives one kid all the love and a fancy coat, gives the rest little to nothing, and thinks everything will turn out well? <laughs> but Telequa and Joseph are similar too. Both suffer hardship and loss. Both are stuck in that suffering and loss for a long time. The main character in our biblical story today is Joseph, a young man who was favored by his father to the point that his older siblings noticed. Joseph himself was a gossip sometimes. He also had no tact. And as the prophet that he was, he dreamt and spoke things to his brother that made them not only notice him and his differences, but hate him too. And when his father gives him an ornate robe, a technicolored green, dream coat, as some call it, it sends him to check and sends him to check on his brothers. His brothers end up conspiring against him. They decide to kill him and throw him into a well or throw him into a well and let wild animals eat him. Things aren't looking good for Joseph with either option. Now, Joseph does have one brother that seems to be a little less rash and cruel. Reuben, one of the oldest, seems to have more of a grounded philosophy of what they should all do with their annoying little brother who was favored by their father. He persuades everyone instead to throw him into the well so that he could secretly rescue him later. There's a lot of intrigue in this story. 
And Reuben thought he would take him back to their father. But Judah, yet another brother, sees merchants coming and he realizes that perhaps he could make some money off of Joseph, who has brought them so much frustration and anger. And him and some of the other brothers, they sell their own brother to slave traders who took him to Egypt. And as Joseph walked the desert for miles with this caravan of slave traders, as he walked it in chains, awaiting whatever his fate may be, I imagine he felt the hours turn to days, turn to months, and eventually turn to years as he served as a slave in Egypt. I imagine he wondered if he would ever see his home again, his family again, if he wanted to see them. I imagine things felt rather hopeless for Joseph at times. He tried to do what is right, but still he waited and suffered, and he waited in slavery. He waited as Talaqua did, as she swam in circles for 17 days, waiting for her baby to come back to life. And if I'm right, and I think I am in this instance, that animals feel sometimes as we do, perhaps both Talaqua and Joseph wondered if anything would go right for them. If anything in their lives, their swimming and grief and their protest, their serving in slavery and speaking truth to power, I bet they wondered if any of it would ever make an ounce of difference. And I find myself in this place a lot recently, a place of waiting. Maybe you do too. I am waiting for this pandemic to end, waiting to hug my friends and family waiting for things to open up more, for us to be able to come together in an embodied way, to worship God together in the church building. We are waiting for it to be safe for all of us to come together and sing. We are waiting for the day when black bodies won't be murdered by police, our brothers and sisters. We are waiting for our black brothers and sisters not to be killed by police. We might be waiting for things to be right in our lives, to feel healthy and get a job we love. We are waiting for things that we long for, for justice, for hope, for peace, for health. We might be waiting to feel at home somewhere, sometime. We might feel like Joseph, filled with regret, grieving broken relationships, pushed through deserts and wondering when we might find a spot to rest, unsure of what is next. Maybe we too wait and wonder if things will ever look different. And in the middle of that, we grieve. Maybe we hold our griefs aloft with us as we swim through uncertainty like Telequa. Maybe it feels like all we can do is hold our griefs with us and just tread water, just like the mama whale. Maybe it feels like all that we can do is work and wait. And I'm struck by the end of our Genesis story today. Joseph is sold to slave traders. That's it. We still wait. That's the end of our reading. Of course, we may know the story. We may know that Joseph is brought to Egypt, that God uses those prophetic gifts of his to help him partner with those in power, to persuade them to use that power for good, to save a whole nation and more in a famine. And yes, we even know that eventually Joseph gets to see his family again, gets to reunite, reunite and have things be made right between himself and his brothers. 
Our psalm today even tells us this story. There's a whole song about it. The lyrics say, his feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put into a collar, collar of iron, but the king sent and released him, the ruler of all his possessions, to interact his officials at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them lands of the nations and they took possessions of the wealth of the peoples that they might keep his statutes and commands. And we know that that last part isn't super helpful. David the psalmist, the lyricist here, lived in a very different time. We know that God doesn't bring us freedom and food and famine and then asks us to go out and colonize things, to take other people's things. We know that isn't our God. And yet... The psalm, for all of its ancient and human faults, still reminds us what Joseph's story was truly about. And here it is. Joseph. He went through awful things. He was sold into slavery by his own family. He suffered. He waited. Just like Talekwa the mama whale, she, an endangered southern resident orca, got pregnant, only to lose her calf and grieve its death with the body on her nose for 17 days. Awful things are present in our life too. Awful, truly awful things. We cannot compare our suffering to each other, to other stories. Suffering is simply suffering and it is always terrible. But we can remember how some stories end. This is what the story of Joseph is about. How God takes terrible things, things that should have never happened, the deaths of baby orcas, the selling of people into slavery, pandemics, racism. We can remember how God can take even these things, these awful, evil things, look on us with such love, and then craft even these into something that can make things right that can help other people thrive. We can hold on to some other stories in our sacred texts in our lives, in others' lives, so that we can make it through the times where we feel shackled in a desert or when we feel like we are treading water in grief. God can take these awful things and bring us out of them with wholeness, even if God grieves that they happened in the first place. We can remember Joseph who ends up thriving after many years in Egypt, who reconciles with his family and brings his people out of famine. This is an altar that we can raise, remembering that others before us have said, hither by thy help, I'm here, and I hope by thy good pleasure to safely arrive at home. And we can remember, we can see the altar of the mother whale too. We can remember Telequa and her feather, fellow mama southern resident orca whales in the J-Pod two years ago due to climate change and the ways that we were using their oceans. There seemed to be little hope for the southern resident orcas. They were dwindling in number. Their waters were being overfished. They were going hungry. Their babies were starving. And yet, after death, in a pandemic, and these things shouldn't have ever happened. And yet, God took that, and the southern resident orcas, they are beginning to thrive again. A number of the J-Pod orcas are pregnant again, and one of them, one of them is Telequa. Telequa, who tread water with her dead baby on her nose, she won't ever be over that grief, but... 
She is carrying new life, living into the knowledge that good things do come. That God doesn't condone the terrible things, that God grieves with us those terrible things, but that even out of that, God can bring us. That even out of that, God can help us thrive. That Telequa can thrive, that her community can thrive too. Might we also remember that perhaps our grief, our walking through deserts and desolate, desolate places, might we also remember that it can make a difference, an ounce of difference? That even though we feel like we are waiting too long in Egypt, that we are treading water for too long, that those days and months and years, those cannot last forever. That someday, who we are, our skills and experience, they will be put to good use, that we will be reconciled, that we might find home, that a new life could even come. And maybe, maybe eventually we can join with Joseph, with Joseph's family, with the psalmist, with Telequa, the southern resident Orca J-Pod, and maybe we can sing together, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. May we too be able to at once hold our griefs because they are real and God grieves with us too. May we at once hold our griefs and simultaneously break into song. Someday, may we build God altars of remembrance from where God has brought us out and into freedom. And may we someday feel with our whole beings, with our whole hearts, that despite where we have come, that we cannot keep from singing. Amen.